I don't care who you are. It's a goal of, okay, well, maybe it matters who you are, but it is a goal of retirement. Typically, like I'm going to, I'm going to buy a boat and just sail away when I retire. But Brad, you, you did it. You retired and you bought a damn boat and now you're sa- you're sailing or motoring. What are you doing? We're, we're motoring places. Yeah. We didn't, we do want to go the sail option, but uh, yeah, retirement is lovely to not have to get up and do 6am conference calls with the U S and just, you know, we're going to just go and do something today. We're going to go to the fish markets on the boat. Yeah. It is a, uh, it is a nice lifestyle that, that I think everybody works hard for. You've got to have a goal. And when you achieve it, it feels damn good. And the boat, and the, how long was the boat the goal? Probably the last three years was in research mode. And then that all got thrown out the window when I moved back to Sydney. Went, okay, that's not the boat I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy this one instead. <laughs> you shifted gears. Don't, don't go to the motor sh- to the boat show when you're looking for a boat. Worst place to go. Too oh, many yeah. options. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, is it? I gotta know. Is it a? Is it a boat? Is it a ship? Is it a yacht? Like, what do you? What do you call it? I, Techni- I technically, call it, I call it a boat, but some people call it a small yacht. <laughs> a little humble brag there. So, Hari, should we change his title on the screen to say Captain Brad Cook? Would that be <laughs> Captain? Captain? No, really, go Captain Cook. I mean, call worse things. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Captain Cook? Wasn't he? Wasn't that a pirate? A bad guy pirate? No, he founded Australia. Mm. Then, he, then he got eaten by the cannibals. So I don't want to end up that way. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, are you guys ready to jump in? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody. I am Chris Hoyt. I am your host for the next 20 minutes or so on the Recruiting Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, This is kind of your weekly dose of us connecting you with uh, TA leaders, TA influencers, uh, TA practitioners, TA personalities uh, that we think are are worth a little bit of spotlight in the chat. Uh, We're excited to do that with you. We do it on the LinkedIn, on the Twitter, on the socials. Uh, If you've got a chat window on any of those places, or if you're at cxr.org slash podcast, uh, if you've got a chat window there, drop a question in, drop a hello. Uh, we'll do our best to respond to those. Even if this is post-production, uh, we've already gone live and you're you're watching it later and you want to ask a question, do that. We get a notification when something gets dropped in there uh, and we'll make sure to call, call that out and say hello to you. Uh, a couple of quick things from a housekeeping uh, standpoint. This is an ad-free podcast. This is a labor of love. Uh, so if we've got folks on the show uh, regardless of their role in the space, it's because we think they've got something interesting to say and it's worth listening to, right? Uh, something kind of interesting to show you. Uh, we want to bring them in and shine a light on that. Uh, the only other thing I would call out to you, uh, we've got an exciting new piece going on over at Career Crossroads. It's the directory, uh, solutions directory that's been upgraded, huge upgrade that's been driven by our uh, practitioners and our leaders, cxr.works slash directory. Uh, There's about 350 uh, vendors and solutions that sit in that database, over 6,000 ratings that have all come from our communities. So check those out. Lots of really cool things going on over there. You can check it out uh, and just do with it as you will. There's some good stuff in there, but uh, you're not going to be mad that you did it. So with all of that, uh, we can get this show started. I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guests from the green room. Here we go. Gentlemen, how are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. 
Ari, are you are you poolside today for those that may be watching? I'm trying. I'm trying to behave like I'm in poolside. So it is. Uh... The the sweatshirt is a little bit of a, a counterbalance to the pool to the. <laughs> it gives away the conference room fee, which I'm desperately trying to avoid. But yeah, we didn't think that through. But that's we don't have. We have a small budget here at the Career Crossroads <laughs> Radio Show, so there's no costumes. We have no costumes for anybody. Yeah. Very quickly, let's do this, guys. Let's do because we have a really cool topic that we want to jump into, and 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 a piece of this actually came from a recent meeting. We we're out in Napa with with about seventy five TA leaders. Uh, Brad, you were one of those uh, that were there. So this was kind of an interesting conversation, and we said, "Hey, let's talk about it." So that's what we're doing here. So before we jump into that, uh, let's do a, kind of an, an escalator pitch for each of you. So the folks who are who are watching and who are listening, who may be huffing away on a treadmill they can get to know you and understand why they should even be paying attention to any words that come out of your mouth. So let's start with you, Hari. Why don't you give us kind of an introduction, a little bit of background about yourself and, and what is, for those who don't know, what is Findum? Uh, thank you, uh, Chris, for uh, having me here. I'm Hari Kolam. I'm one of the founder and CEO of Findum. I've uh, been building uh, uh, Findum as a passionate project, passion project for the past four years. Uh, my career in the Silicon Valley uh, spans 14 years, and most of those years have gone into building companies. So I've been living the uh, Silicon Valley dream for pretty much most of my professional career. My background is as an engineer. I pride myself in building uh, data and infrastructure platform, and uh, uh, pretty much most of my career has gone into building products which are centered around large-scale distributed systems and data. Most of my career I've built it for uh, CISO org or a CIO org. This is my first foray into building anything for HR and TA. Really, really excited uh, with uh, what I've learned and what I'm learning every day through the lens of experts uh, like Chris and Brad here. So uh, we are a Silicon Valley startup, about 100 employees, about 150 clients, and we are disrupting the people search and people uh, talent acquisition and talent management space through the lens of data. Uh, one of our core belief is uh, uh, disrupting this space foundationally requires a different perspective on how you look at people and how you think about uh, the data set that goes into defining people and we uh, uh, innovated right there. So uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a young company, it's a series B company and uh, uh, we're learning and growing by the day. Love it. Good stuff. Well, welcome to the show, Hari. <laughs> All right, Mr. Cook, I don't have you, I don't think you've been on the podcast before. Have you been on the podcast? Um, maybe once before. Maybe it was the drunk podcast. I don't remember though. Might have been when we were doing the uncorks. We should we should bring those <laughs> back. Do that again. <laughs> All right. So, so for those who maybe didn't catch that episode, Brad, why don't you give a quick intro to yourself? Um, hi guys, uh, Brad Cook here. I, I've been uh, around the TA space since 2005, um, and in the US talent acquisition space since. Actually, 2005. Um, previously retired, uh, been running um, large global TA functions for a long time now. Um, and the last company was a growth company, so in excess of 30 to 35% headcount growth. So I never thought I was a growth guy in the past, um, but the last three years of 30% growth has definitely given me some new skills that I didn't have before um, and a lot more gray hair than I had before. But uh, very technical in nature. Um, love the TA technology space. Uh, love working with startups, you know, such as Hari and the final team. Um, and it's all about how do we get more productivity out of the teams to deliver against the business goal, which is, you know, 
for every hiring manager out there putting a butt in a seat. So that's that's what I do, or that's what I used to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to separate. Uh, <laughs> You're not even used to saying you're retired. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. Don't worry, you still smell like TA. That's okay. <laughs> so, so Brad, you you were with us as we mentioned sort of in the pre-show. You were with us in Napa. We had about um, we had about seventy-five leaders, seventy-seven-five leaders from TA uh, come in from all over the world uh, and talk about what's keeping them up at night. We did that for three days, um, and one of the topics that came up was in regards to this, this shift that leaders are beginning to see on the LinkedIn platform. Now, some don't mind it, some are frustrated by it. It's, it seems to be a little bit of a shift more towards social uh, than professional. Uh, and there's an argument and a conspiracy theory of maybe that's by design. Others are saying it's just sort of an organic development. I think one leader even said, well, maybe it's because Twitter is crap now uh, and all those people are coming over to LinkedIn, who, who knows, right? Um, but it does raise sort of an interesting concern because those same leaders are saying, well, they're really struggling with budgets and they're having a hard time sort of justifying uh, the ROI of LinkedIn as they're coming out of larger enterprise um, contracts and they're looking at, you know, these percentage increases that either were unexpected or just unanticipated. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that shift, right? Do you, do you have an opinion on the crying CEO, do you have an opinion on the, the social the social media influencers that we now see all over the platform? I, I do, because as a as a practitioner, I get spammed a lot. So there's a, there's a couple of fronts on this one that, that becomes annoying for someone trying to drive TA. And number one is uh, I get spammed every single day by random stuff trying to sell me stuff. And it's not even just TA stuff. It's all So the spam effect is number one. Number two, if you're trying to start being doing branding and outbound posting of, of articles and stuff like it's just getting lost in the garbage that's out there. And, I'll, and I will say there's a lot of garbage out there. I won't go into some of the details of some stuff that's been popping up on my feed lately. It's like, what algorithm picked that up to send that to me? No, no idea. And then when it comes down to cost, my last three companies, um, LinkedIn was between 10 and 15% of my hires, but it was in excess of 40% of my budget. In the last three years, it's sub 10%, and I'd probably even say 5% of the hires, and it's still 40% of the budget. So I've got to start looking at ROI. That was the big push that everybody was talking about in, in Napa is how are we going to get a return on investment of a platform that's now getting too busy? So you can't even start to post branding activities out there because they're going to get lost. There is so much garbage out there of content that's getting lost. You know, what was LinkedIn for us as practitioners? It was a way for someone to have a social profile, a professional profile that we would outreach to them. Yeah, we would all have our emails, and we had to keep count of what we were using and what we weren't. LinkedIn was doing great things about you have to push up your your email response rates to you know what the number was if you were below eighteen percent. I think it was you got kicked off the platform for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen higher than fifteen percent for many many years. So people aren't responding on LinkedIn anymore. And for me, the same thing. I rarely respond. I'm probably caught up more on LinkedIn now that I've retired. I have time, but people don't respond to it because they're getting bombarded by all these other spam activities. So yeah, it becomes a problem. And when you start thinking about technologies that allow us to find talent, now we've been able to find any talent in the world for years. And then it's about how do we get to them and get in front of them to have the conversation. I think those things are very much changed. And I think that was the big conversation is, is return on investment is a big thing on everybody's minds right now. You know, most TA functions have gone through layoffs over the, over the last 12 months. 
Yeah, things are still happening. Interest rates are still going up, even when this gets aired. Um, so I think all of us are, are looking at how do we get a bigger bang for our buck, and it really comes down to what are the platforms that are out there that are going to deliver the butt in the seat for that manager because that's what they care about. The tool doesn't matter; it's putting that butt in the seat, and and the sausage making machine of how we do that is is the next frontier for for someone to pick up and run with. Yeah, I'm not a so I'm not obviously I'm not a recruiter anymore, and I don't I don't lead a recruiting team uh, on any level anymore. So I'm kind of on the other side of that equation now. So I can't speak to recruiter, but what I can share is that the messenger, that piece that where the emails go and the outreach, mine's on fire with with garbage. Yeah, uh, and you know it takes me a little while to get through the Sage Beans RPO spam, and the, I'm not even sure that's a real company. I must get a ping from them every two days by somebody with a new profile picture, whatever. So I don't know what's being done to combat that, or if the algos have got it going on so crazy that you know I'm a prime target. But I, I will tell you, in the last six months, I on my side of the equation, I I would agree with you, and I would agree with the leaders we talked to. I have seen a massive increase in spam, like right before we joined today and I was pulling URLs to pull up for you guys. I even had another inquiry from somebody who wanted to know if I could help with my, you know, the, increase my staffing organization's uh, hiring. And it's like, that's, I don't even think that's a person on the other yeah. end. Of that, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is frustrating. So Hari, is it, is this part of the equation? So when, when leaders like Brad and others talk about, you know, really struggling to find the value in the platform and, and find the professionals and amplify those, the footprint that you want to be seen, right? Amplify that image from a branding perspective. Is that part of the reason why you do the work you do at Find Them? Uh, very much, yes, right? So uh, when we, uh, the fascinating thing about uh, the entire recruiting process is it can be clearly broken down into two parts. There is your IQ part and there's your EQ part, right? And what Brad is talking about is, and pretty much most of uh, the investment and uh, time goes into building that connection. And uh, the connection is the one that we eventually do the EQ part to go sell, close, and engage and whatnot, right? The thing about getting uh, that qualified, interested, and available talent, uh, which is ready to essentially talk and is actually qualified, there's a lot of labor involved. I mean, the, one of the labor is discovery of who the right person is, and there is engagement, which Brad pointed out here, right? And uh, Doing it one by one on a on any social platform is going to be uh, is going to be labor intensive. So we uh, we actually make uh, a whole lot of menial effort of uh, getting to the point where the real merit of a recruiter matters, which is selling, and that is generally about ten or fifteen percent of the overall time. So that actually is the biggest motivation on uh, on trying to disrupt the space because fundamentally the way it is set up, the investment is on the wrong side. And is the so what what are folks doing? I mean, are people are are you hearing like I there's a lot of bluster about I'm not gonna renew or I'm not gonna use the product, I'm gonna go somewhere else. And obviously, Hari, full disclosure, like you have a product that says use this, not that. And and we're okay, we're okay with admitting that. That's fine. But it are pe are we Brett, are you seeing colleagues leaving the the platform? Are you seeing them saying I'm done and washing their hands? We're we're getting to the point where we have to because something's got to cut. Now, if I come back to my number before. If 10% if of my hires are being made by 40% of my spend, that's got to give. And, and we are getting crushed because, you know, you have a budget constraint. You have to let go of people, which is the last thing we want to do. And then we look at tools. You know, I, I want to have partners that will flex up when we need to flex up and flex down when we need to flex down. And there's got to be both sides of that equation. And, and, and that's where we're going to get pushed. People are getting pushed in their budgets 
It's happening again now. And, and it comes down to return on investment. At, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Return on investment. And any leader has to say, am I going to let go of more staff? Or am I going to let go of LinkedIn? Or am I going to reduce my spend on LinkedIn? It was great in the beginning when we th thought, great, you know, we'll go to enterprise. It's all you can eat. Everybody can use it. Yeah, great. Managers would start to get involved with it. Managers would start to do stuff. I don't think that's the best way to do it because they don't necessarily do it greatly. But, you know, going back to an a la carte model, I think is what people are going to do until such times as they can wean recruiters off LinkedIn, off onto another platform. Um, yeah, let's face it. It is still LinkedIn crap. Nobody wants to... Now, you ask a recruiter, do they want to keep it? Yep, give me the give me the needle. I need to have it. But then, when you look at the data behind the scenes, uh, nobody uses it, and nobody's getting outreach. No one's getting sponsors. So, what someone thinks they need at the front end tells a very different story on the back. And when you start looking at the data, and everybody knows, I look at the data first. It, it is interesting because we we have heard of you know when recruiters go to take roles, it is conditional on do I get a LinkedIn license? <laughs> that tells me they're a lazy recruiter. Sorry. Yeah, if, if yeah, every every day, every year, our industry changes. Yeah, well, how we recruited last year is going to be different to how we recruit today and or next year. So if we as practitioners are sitting on our laurels and doing what worked last year, the whole marketplace is going to miss and is going to pass that person individually. And quite frankly, this is the exciting time with what's on the on the docket with you know Gen AI and what you know Chat GPT integrations can do to productivity. This is the game change for me. This is where the FOMO kicks in. It's like, I'm not involved in this stuff day to day. That is the new horizon that is going to augment recruiters' capability to exceed what they can do today, simply, easily. But it's going to take a little bit of thought to figure out how you can leverage that. I mean, I think it's a, it's a fascinating thing that Brad is mentioning, right? I mean, if you look at talent acquisition as a function, it's still stuck in the era of digitization, I call it where uh, pretty much SaaS tools are uh, one by one being used by a bunch of people. And the only way to scale the era of digitization was with people. Now, then the industry went through an evolution of digital transformation, like work days of the world and service now consolidated tools. Now we're talking about the era of AI first transformation. Industry has evolved. The function and habits essentially have stuck in the mid 2000s, right? So that now is the right time to actually evolve. Generative AI is a very good impetus. and. Uh, the market condition right now is also going to challenge the norms of looking at it like a business, which is not the way it's usually perceived. Do you think so? So it's kind of like, Harry. I think what I what I hear you saying is that it's the it, usability factor is a big piece of this too, right? Because of the the whole reason the GPTs have blown up is yeah. because the UX changed, right? And it's not so much the technology went crazy; it's just yeah. it got easier to use, and every one of us could figure out on some level how to use it. So I mean, I guess part of that question is too, from an evolution standpoint, like I've been playing this last couple of weeks. So I've been playing with Zoom Info. We have a, have a full thing going with Zoom Info to see kind of how that compares to like LinkedIn Navigator. Yeah. Uh, we signed up with this little startup I hadn't heard of before and I'm playing with that called Uplead, right? And all of these are a way to sort of, the, these are alternative platforms, nowhere near the same in price typically. I think uh, Navigator comes in at a couple grand a year, I think. Uh, <laughs> The Zoom Info is like 14 grand a year uh, for that product for one license, uh, and I might get some. I might get some of these off. I think Uplead is like two dollars a contact. I mean, it's it's a little bit crazy, but what I'm finding the most the most frustrating and what attracts me the most to these platforms is how easy 
Yeah. It might be for me to find the digital footprint of the professional that I'm looking for. And candidly, I don't care where they sit as long as I'm getting their information. So, so nicely said. Uh, the, the, the interesting part about uh, go-to-market evolution pretty much essentially is it's already uh, like you go, you go hunt when you need to hunt. The thing with talent, which is also funny, is like Brad pointed out, you get 10% uh, of your hires, which means uh, you don't need to hunt as much. You actually know your people that you're hiring because they are somewhere in your ecosystem. Discovery is a big problem, not hunting. So it makes it a lot more easier than go to market. You know? I think I think there's the million dollar the million dollar point there is as practitioners we just can't sit and think about the active applicant strategy. We have to think about the active and the passive, and that has to be front of mind all of the time. So, okay, if we have a great brand as a company and we do some posts on LinkedIn and on Indeed and everywhere else to draw people back to the center of the universe, that center of the universe is is the, the career site. And once they're on the career site, they need to come back into the CRM, come in through talent communities, and then that outbound nurture happens to now take someone that may have been an active candidate at one time to now nurture them over, over a year. Like the old adage of it takes nine touch points for marketing before someone clicks the buy icon. It's no different to recruiting. What the number is, I have no idea. But we don't get an application right now with, on the first outreach. So now you have to have technology that can nurture that talent pool that's now a passive talent pool. Yes, we know they're qualified. We know they're possibly interested because they've engaged with the brand. You know, now it just comes down to a waiting game of when do they when do they become available. So every strategy has to be looked at from an active and a passive. And you know, the, the part of the passive is everybody is a potential employee. They just don't know it yet. And it's just a matter of time of when that flip happens. Now they go back to the apply. They're now in the system. They've applied and we're moving forward. It's a, it's a constant loop that can never go away, which is why coming back to the original question, when you're starting to do outbound messaging or outbound advertising and marketing, you need an environment where you know people can actually see the messages. And when things get bombarded with spam, you know, what may, and again, if you're paying for an advertisement, you know, it lasts there for, I don't know how many seconds, and then it's just going to continue to get pushed down, which is why most of us, you know, eventually start unfollowing people on Facebook because you want to see the people you want to see. But when there's so much crap that comes through, that just disappears too quickly. So unless I got on there at 11.59 and 42 seconds, wow, I saw Chris's post. But three minutes later, it's 400 below. We can't do that as a practitioner. We can't do that because we need someone to see our messages, to see that it's important, to then want to come in and become you know, part of a talent community, to start that nurture program when the time's right. I'm now repeating myself, but that's what it is. It's a continuous cycle that never stops. Yeah, I mean, it, look, I, I feel the same way. I mean, we look at like the feed that comes in on all the social channels. I almost feel are, are kind of like that equivalent equivalent of like like Slack, right? Yeah. Like if you missed it, you, you missed it. Uh, and you got to go scroll, 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 scroll to find it. And so you kind of missed your opportunity. It's I'm saying this out loud and I'm thinking, is it like a TV advertisement of the olden days? Like <laughs> we don't pay attention to any of that shit. Like we would oh, yeah. TV advertisement was when you raced to the refrigerator and you hurtled back over the couch to get back when you were a kid before, right? Before the show came back on to, mm -hmm. to see the stuff that you actually cared about. Mm -hmm. So I guess, okay, so if you got a chance to whisper into the ear of, of TA leaders who are struggling with this same thing, things are getting a little too social on professional channels, uh, the marketing stuff sort of feels a little bit disjointed or like a miss to them, and they're really struggling with the ROI for in, you know increasing prices, whatever the platform is, increasing prices, but, but decreasing ROI, 
what would you, we'll go one at a time. What would you whisper into their ear today? And Hari, we'll start with you. What, sh what should they be considering or looking at or, sh or shifting? I think they should essentially look at where the yield is, which is an intellectually honest, uh, where the hires are really coming from, right? So uh, when you break down the source of hire, you usually see uh, about 30% of them coming through referral channels, maybe 30% of them coming through inbound applicants because they applied. Maybe a chunk of them coming because people uh, who are boomerangs or alumni wants to come back into the company. The chunk of them that gets filled through internal employees. There's a chunk of them that might be past applicants, right? So when you actually break down to see where the hires are really coming from and where the investment is really going, the the aha moment here is, are we really investing in the channels that is yielding us the most hires? Because what ends up happening in talent acquisition, because score of habit, is you end up, you end up uh, hunting for people that should traditionally be farming, right? I mean, uh, because that's the easy way out and that's what... Uh, uh, the crack that uh, Brad mentioned right now is is always prevalent, right? So uh, efficiency and doing more with less in the AI first era is about uh, treating it like a business. Like if you were running a sales org, you usually look for the channels and mar where of marketing where investment needs to go, and you go invest there because that's where the yield is coming in, right? Now is the time to reset because uh, there's a lot of murkiness around uh, around that in this downtime open up the Pandora and then really figure out where, where, where the where the yield actually is. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally just saying use, use, use the data to make, to yeah. make your purchasing decisions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Brad, how about you? What, what are you going to whisper? On top of that, what Hari said is, is if there's practitioners listening out there is make sure that your source of higher data is actually correct. Yeah. It is not easy to set up SI, you know, source IDs properly inside your applicant tracking system. You've got to work really tightly with if you've got a different vendor running your career site, if you're running something with you know programmatic ads in different companies like that, getting the source IDs right is is a lot of work. So you've got to really make sure that's done. In the parallel, you've got to realize that it's potentially a two or a three year plan of replacing a LinkedIn. Yeah. Most of us have your two year contracts or three year contracts. If you're still within one year, you've got another two years to deal with this until you can get out of your contract or do something different. So start to pilot some things along the way. That's what happened with Find and, and, and the last company I was working for is, you know, we started off small. We started to realize there was something here. We added seats for the sources. It started to work. We ended up moving to enterprise. So we had both of these platforms there. Most teams, we all of the teams, quite frankly, are using Find more than LinkedIn. And that was showing up in the data, which is why it blows my mind how many highs could be attributed to LinkedIn. And, and from there, it takes time. So this is, this takes some cojones to say, okay, I know I'm going to have a lot of people up in arms because I need LinkedIn. <laughs> Work it over a multi-year strategy to start testing it, getting people used to this. Once you start to realize that it's there and, and it works, you know, it becomes an easier exercise. If you went to try and turn it off tomorrow because your, your, your contract's up next week, you're going to be in a lot of pain. There's a, you know, we all know adopting new technology within TA teams is a, is a large effort and it is a complicated change plan because there are so many vendors out there in the HR space that are all, all biting for a little bit of a recruiter's time. So treat that as a multi-year journey you've got to go to and start biting little pieces off at a time. And then you've got proof points of what's working and what's not. If you've got two vendors, you can quickly see, or three vendors, whatever sourcing platforms you've got, you can see which ones are producing your hires and not just to the hire, but who's bringing in the applies, who's bringing in those that are getting the interview, who's getting the silver medalist and who's getting the hire. Hire is utopia, absolutely. 
But if you've got certain vendors that are bringing talent in, that they're mostly getting to the interview stage, you know you're getting good talent. Then it's just a matter of timing. So your data points all the way through from apply to interview to source all the way through are critical to know. And it all stems back to making sure your source IDs are set up properly in your ATS linked to your career site. Yeah, and what I what I really like from that, Brad, too, is I, the idea of if all your eggs are in one basket and, yeah. and you go to make that switch, that transition is not an easy, not an easy thing to change. And you're gonna have some loyalists, you're gonna have some people who don't wanna change. That's that's gonna hit the brakes. Diversifying or maybe yeah. even setting a, a, a little bit of cookie jar accounting, right? Maybe even setting a little piece of that budget every year for some new technology to experiment yeah. in that space and see what your people love and what they use and what's effective with proper sourcing and tracking, I think I think is a, is a huge tip. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Well, gentlemen, uh, I asked this of everybody uh, before we wrap up the show, so I'm gonna ask you too. Hari, we will start with you. If you were gonna write a book about the state of things today, what would the title of that book be. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, Can I just open up chat GPT quickly? Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, uh, because I, I live in this moment uh, and I feel pretty passionate about uh, the transformation that is going on. For me, the uh, if I were to write a book today, I think the title would be uh, uh, the transformation in the in the in the in the AI first era. I love it. All right. And then and here's the curveball. Present company excluded. Who do you give the first sign copy to? Present company excluded. I'd probably uh, give it. Uh, uh, that's a hard one, man. <laughs> that's a, let me see who prompted me to. Uh, uh, Oh, you got, <laughs> that was not a timer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> who, who gets it? Sorry, we couldn't pick that up. It would be, uh, let's say, uh, uh, it would be my mom, possibly her. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's a good one. That's a good I one. love that. It's fantastic. Nice job. All right, Brad, no surprises um, for you here. Book right. title? I would, I would have to, you know, again, focused on TA, I would be saying GPT is not going to take over your job unless you want it to get on the train before the train runs you over. Okay. It might be the longest book title. <laughs> it goes around the spine. It's, it's perfect. Who, who's going to get your first signed copy? Jerry Crispin. Oh, see, that's cheap because normally he's on and he doesn't get, he can't be included, but I'll give you that one. That's fine. All right. I love it. Uh, Hari, folks can reach out to you. Uh, obviously on LinkedIn, we had your LinkedIn profile up there. Uh, Brad, I assume every once in a while you're checking LinkedIn from the boat. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm probably more active on LinkedIn messages now than I have ever have because I actually have a bit of time, but uh, not, not to go looking up stuff. That's for sure. Oh, I love it. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Much, much gratitude for your time today. I know that you're, well, you're not both very busy. One of you is very busy, but uh, we appreciate you making the time to yeah, come, come into the show uh, and give us a little, some of that wisdom and a little bit of insight. So thank you very much, gents. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap up there.
Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,